Oh, it's game day. It is here. Miami Hurricanes at Texas A&M. First real opportunity to see just how much progress these Canes have made under Mario Cristobal. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you guys so much for making Locked on Canes your first game day listen and game day watch today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So wherever you're getting this today, whether you're at College Station, ready to watch the game in person and represent the Canes, seems like a lot of you are out there, which... I'm so thankful. I'm so happy. Obviously, I know that you're going to be outnumbered out there, but hopefully if Miami's the team that's, you know, leading at the end of the game and winning the game, you guys will be the ones making noise. And then all the Aggies fans will be all quiet and bummed out and stuff. So whether you're in College Station or you're in South Florida or anywhere around the world supporting Canes football, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Um, I mentioned at the top, this is a huge opportunity no matter what the final score is, obviously we're all hoping Miami comes out on top, but really a huge opportunity at the line of scrimmage uh, with the offensive playbook, defenders showing that they can tackle consistently against better competition than they faced the last couple of weeks. This game's going to give us a much better idea of where this team is several months into the Mario Cristobal era and just three games in to the Mario Cristobal era. Uh, big uh, big thing to me that can really make the difference in winning or losing this game. Can a special quarterback tonight, can a truly special quarterbacking performance really make the difference in this football game? Because I believe Miami has a truly special one in Tyler Van Dyke. And I don't believe that's the case with AM's Max Johnson. I do think Max is probably going to be an upgrade over Haynes King, but I think Miami has a special quarterback and Texas AM does not. Tyler Van Dyke last year, um, I am so excited to see what he does tonight because last season, as we remember, TVD played his best football when the lights were brightest. Like what he did, for example, on the road against NC State last year after talking a little trash and backing it up. Um, that really solidified to me what a big game player TVD is. And we saw it again throughout the season. Tyler's arm strength, his deep ball accuracy, they're going to force any defense to stay honest. As long as Miami's aggressive enough down the field, we're going to be talking a little bit about the playbook and what the Hurricanes can do to be a little bit less vanilla than they've been the last couple of weeks. So as long as Miami is aggressive and has the right kind of balance with their offensive game plan, I have faith that Josh Gaddis is going to provide that. And then, of course, Tyler Van Dyke, he also has to play up to his own standards. He didn't do that last week, especially in the first half. If you get the version of TVD who is off rhythm and off target too much in the first half against Southern Miss, you're not going to beat Texas A&M. You're not. So Tyler Van Dyke has to play up to his own standards. As far as A&M's quarterbacking goes, um, listen, I do believe that Max Johnson gives them a better chance to win. 
I am honestly surprised based on the way things transpired uh, in their spring game and throughout fall camp. Obviously, I don't cover Texas A&M day to day the way that I cover Miami, but I was honestly surprised that he didn't win the starting job in the first place against Haynes King. So if anything, this quarterback change is a couple of weeks too late for A&M. I mean, Max last year when he was with LSU, uh, you know, he uh, he won his first start against Florida. He threw for 27 touchdowns and six interceptions last year. And yet the Aggies, they've got a lot of talent at wide receiver. Anaya Smith, Evan Stewart, Keith Brown, to name a few. Uh, and I believe that Max Johnson is the better quarterback option to get the football to that talent than Haynes King was. Haynes King was... Uh, Dangerous in different ways, right? His ability to break containment, which is something Miami struggled with defensively, his ability to get outside and run. Miami's not going to have to worry about that because Johnson is, he's not mobile at all. It's a human statue. So what Miami needs to do on defense is you've got to make Johnson's pocket as inhospitable as possible, put constant pressure on him. Okay. So listen, I think Tyler Van Dyke could be the X factor in this game because elite quarterbacks can put a team on their back. I think elite quarterbacking could make a difference here. Uh, so I, I'm going to look at Tyler Van Dyke as an X factor, but really this game and, you know, this is not rocket science for me to say this. I'm not reinventing the wheel when I say this, but this game will truly be won or lost at the line of scrimmage by either team. Okay. If we can see tonight, Leonard Taylor, Akeem Mesidor, Daryl Jackson, Jared Harrison Hunt, Antonio Moultrie, Nigel Lee Kelly, Jake Lichtenstein, and all the guys up front putting up big-time pressure, collapsing that pocket, making some tackles for a loss, getting sacks, forcing Johnson into bad throws. Because we talked about this uh, yesterday when Luke Cheney was on, and you know he and I have looked through some of that Max Johnson film. Uh, when you pressure him, his mechanics go down the toilet. That's when he's not going to be setting his feet. That's when he's going to be rushing throws and missing missing throws. And that's when we're going to have opportunities for Miami's playmakers like James Williams uh, and like Tyreek Stevenson, who had an interception last week, to come up with some picks. You can pressure Johnson and force him into making bad throws, but it's up to Miami's defensive front for doing that, okay? And yes, if you can stop some running plays in the backfield and tackle well, discipline. This is the type of game when you're facing big, fast SEC caliber competition like this, you have to be so disciplined playing assignment football on defense. And yes, you have to tackle well because Miami is going to have to keep Devon A-Chain in check. Very talented running back uh, from Texas a and This guy is very, very dangerous. If he gets into holes and gets into space, he can make you pay. Okay. And then on the line of scrimmage on the other side, um, I liked – for the most part, what I've seen so far, let's say for six out of eight quarters from what I've seen so far, but I still think Miami's offensive line is my biggest question mark still. So far, they're looking better and they're playing with a lot more unity than last year. That is obvious, but Miami's offensive line has not been truly tested yet. Right now, they did uh, academically. They were tested against Southern Miss. Southern Miss has some talent up front. They blitz a lot, so that was a challenge for for the Canes O line. They suffered early on. They made adjustments later on, uh, but this is going to be a test like they haven't faced yet. I mean, the Aggies, um, on paper, of course, the Aggies have one of the most talented D lines in America, and yet, despite having so much talent up front, they did get bullied last week 
by Appalachian State, who ran for over 180 team yards on them and just bludgeoned the clock. 41 minutes time of possession for App State. That was all about the ground game. So, you know, what kind of adjustments are the Aggies going to make? Because they don't want what happened to them last week to happen again. Because believe me, Mario Cristobal would be more than happy just to keep running the ball. If that's working, keep running the ball, eat up that clock, keep Texas A&M's offense on the field. We know Cristobal would love to win the football game that way if he can. That's up to Texas A&M to stop that, okay? Um, you know, I think the game plan will be huge here for Miami. And as far as the offensive line goes, I'm cautiously optimistic that these guys can get some push up front and make some damage. Zion Nelson supposedly is back to 100%. You know, he made his first, uh, he made his debut for the season last week, was on a snap count. Uh, you know, they didn't rush him back too quickly. Supposedly, he's got no limitations this week. So if he's back as your, presumably your starting left tackle, I know he can play everywhere and he played some right tackle last week, but presumably Zion Nelson's your starting left tackle. That's going to be big. Okay. And yeah, we might see a lot more from true freshman Inez Cooper, who really enjoys run blocking a lot. Whether you line him up as a right tackle or you line him up as a blocking tight end, that dude just loves to maul. And then Jalen Rivers has been really good in that department as well. Okay. So um, I think we're going to have a good idea. This is one of those types of games where within the first two possessions, Miami has the ball, Texas AM has the ball in no particular order. I think we're going to learn so much in those two possessions. What's Miami going to accomplish at the line of scrimmage? Is the D-line getting penetration? Is the offensive line getting some push? Are they protecting the quarterback? We're going to learn so much about how Miami stacks up in the line of scrimmage because, yes, in recent years, whenever Miami's gone up against SEC competition or against Clemson in recent years, they always lost the battle in the trenches. You need to start winning those battles or at least keep it even in those battles. And then maybe special players like TBD can be the difference in this game. Okay. Um, speaking of special players, how about special teams? Special teams can really shine here. Andy Borgalis needs to keep doing what he's doing and booming kicks into the end zone on kickoffs. This is a day you want all touchbacks, touchback city, because Devon A-Chain, we mentioned him talking about him as a running back. He's also a dangerous kick returner. Do not even give A-Chain the opportunity to return a kick. Touchbacks all day, my friends. And so far, listen, Miami's coverage on special teams has been really good, and the punting game is going to be super important today. You know, we refer to it as hidden yards, right? The hidden yards that are going to come from Lou Headley's punts to keep points off the board. They could keep points off the board from Texas A&M if Miami can really master that field position game. Because, listen, I don't expect this to be like the Bethune-Cookman game where Miami doesn't have a single punt all day. We're going to have a handful of punts today. And Lou Headley, for my money, uh, I believe he's the best or one of the best punters in the entire country. So the way that Miami works that field position game is going to be key. And, guys, bottom line is Miami absolutely can win this game right? Um, I am superstitious. I don't like to predict scores in games this big. I did make an official score prediction for a couple of different publications, and some of you didn't like what I had to say, but keep in mind, my friends, I will outline you the keys to victory. I hope and pray Miami gets a victory tonight. I do not like to guarantee scores in games this big because I find whatever I say, the opposite tends to happen, okay? So I'll just let's just put it that way. And we're going to read some of your comments because, guys, you are so awesome. 
when it comes to either on our Twitter page at Locked on Canes on Twitter, and if you follow us at Locked on Canes, we will follow you back. You tweet us at Locked on Canes, your tweets could get read on the show. And also our YouTube comments. You guys have been great in giving us your keys to the game, your most important questions and most important concerns heading into this Texas A&M game. So our pregame party is going to roll on here at Locked on Canes. And guys, if you want to keep the party going, I want to tell you about the easiest and most fun way to spice up your season. That is Underdog Fantasy and their Pick'em game for college football. Just look for your favorite Hurricanes players' stats. Pick whether you think they'll end up going higher or lower than that number in this week's games. And you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile app. So you sign up at Underdog Fantasy. It's really easy, by the way, guys, to deposit. And we'll tell you how to get a big bonus with our bonus code. Very easy to withdraw. Uh, they really do a great job here. Pick between two and five players for your pick'em slip. Get all your picks right, and you'll take home some cold, hard cash. It's simple to get started. Just head to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, as I have done. I use the mobile app every day. And sign up with our promo code, Locked On. And Underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. If you deposit $100, they'll give you an extra $100. You have $200. Deposit $100, get $100 free. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code locked on. And guys, I've already made a selection for tonight's game. It's a two-player selection that's going to pay me three times my money if I get it right. I've got Tyler Van Dyke over 22, uh, 224.5 passing yards, so I take higher on TVD higher than 20 uh sorry I don't know I keep seeing 20 uh higher than 224 and a half passing yards I go higher and then with Anias Smith the Aggies receiver I went over 50 and a half receiving yards so I've got two overs I get three times my money if I win it's that simple at underdog fantasy with our promo code locked on thank you so much for making locked on canes your first game day listen and watch today we're available free wherever you get your podcast apple Spotify, Odyssey, available free on YouTube. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button and subscribe to our channel. And yeah, your team every day here on Locked On. So I want to read some comments and questions from you guys. Some of you are uh, are, are very positive and optimistic heading into this game, which I love to see. Some of you are a little negative. Uh, Eric McDonald says, the only thing that concerns me is our defense. They cannot tackle. When they see how big AM is, they will poop their shorts. <laughs> Eric, hey, Eric, are you sure you're a Canes fan? You, you think they're going to poop their shorts when they see how big AM is? Uh, no question. This is a huge tackling test, okay? Miami was the worst tackling team in the country last year. They have been drilling tackling constantly. For Kevin Steele, it is an obsession to get these guys proper form tackling and taking the proper angles. It's looked better so far this year. Not perfect. It's looked better this year. Obviously they haven't faced competition like this yet. So yes, this is going to be a huge test. So how much difference can, you know, several months of off season work make and also how much different can transfers make? Cause Miami has, you know, a ton of solid transfers on the defensive line. Um, I'm very curious to see how much Caleb Johnson plays tonight at linebacker because you know, if you talk about matching up size for size, for as good as Corey Flagg has been so far this year, he's still 
hasn't grown six inches and gained 50 pounds. Like that just hasn't happened. So Caleb Johnson is considerably bigger than him. I wonder how much Caleb will get on the field because just body for body, he could match up better with these uh, with these big SEC, you know, tight ends and, and running backs and receivers as far as tackling goes. That that could give Miami a little bit of an edge. So, no, I don't think that they're necessarily, uh, you know, defecating in their shorts, but this is going to be the biggest tackling test of the season so far. So I want to see how Miami does there. Uh, Pat Mack says, uh, this is a comment from YouTube, by the way. He says, A&M have probably been holding back some of their playbook like we have. Reading some comments from Oregon fans, Cristobal's playbook is pretty much vanilla. They say that we've pretty much seen all that they will do already. All right, a couple things there. Number one, um, if you want to get like an unbiased opinion of Mario Cristobal, the last person you want to talk to right now is an Oregon fan. They are still bitter exes. They are still like, and it, the same frauds that a day before he left, they were all like, Mario, we love you. Phil, Phil Knight, give him the blank check. We can't lose this guy. This guy's too important. Do whatever you can to keep Mario here. And then the next day Mario leaves. They're like, oh, we hated this guy all along terrible i'm so glad we're so much better that he's gone so don't trust the opinion of the bitter exes that's number one number two I mean, first of all you say you say mario's playbook i mean obviously he's the head coach so his his fingerprints are on the philosophy but it's it's josh gaddis's playbook not mario's playbook uh and then i can also tell you um again i don't i probably already said too much this week because if Jimbo Fisher, if he, of course, he's a big-time fan of Locked On Canes. If Jimbo Fisher has been watching and listening, he's maybe gotten a few too many tips from me this week. But all I'm going to say is, offensively, the Hurricanes were working on certain plays and certain formations in fall camp that I have yet to see in the regular season. I doubt they were drilling those things just to not use them. So I think this is a game where you start to open it up. So, sir... I am guaranteeing you. I am guaranteeing you there is more in that playbook than you've seen already. Trust me. Like, you have not seen the full playbook uh, against Bethune-Cookman and against Southern Miss. There is plenty more there. And from a philosophical standpoint, the other thing is, you know, one of the reasons why Miami hasn't gone deep downfield a lot is because they haven't had to. So, you know, Josh Gaddis, as an offensive coordinator, he takes what is given to him, okay? Um, if the pounding run game is working as it has been, there's not a whole lot of a reason in his mind to go away from it. Uh, if you're struggling in that department tonight, and I hope they don't, then you're going to have to attack downfield more uh, to get first downs and to keep the defense honest and try to open up the running game again. So, like situationally they are calling plays to win games okay they are calling the plays they need to call they're taking what is given to them and i guarantee you there is more to that playbook than we've seen already so don't don't panic on that okay on a similar note vlkv uh said to us on twitter and he's one of our awesome chronics he says i just heard gaddis's three goals from college game day today number one embrace the noise number two no turnovers Number three, out physical the Aggies. And then he says, he adds his comment, FML, this does not sound like there's a playbook waiting to be opened up. <laughs> I'll take an ugly W with runs, but unlikely. Okay, so again, 
Uh, everything that I said to the previous comment applies here, VLKV+. Plus, I will add, um, if there is more in the playbook for Josh Gaddis, do you really think he's going to reveal that to college game day? <laughs> like, anything he says in public, don't worry about it, okay? Believe me. Like, he, if Josh Gaddis has this crazy idea where they're going to run, like, a, a quintuple end around or, like, a you know, a, a triple flea flicker tonight. And they did, they did run a flea flicker last week and it worked. It, it led to a long touchdown. Like if they have bags in, in the, uh, if they have tricks in the bag tonight, do you think he's going to say to college game day guys, just wait. Oh, just wait till you see this statue of Liberty quintuple flea flicker. They're going to run the seat. It's going to be incredible. Just wait till you see all the fake punts. We're going to call up today. He's, he's not going to give them anything, man. I'm telling you, do not worry about it. And to the end part of your comment, if Miami is able to control the ground game the way that Appalachian State did last week, and that leads to a victory, I will take it. If that's all Miami has to do tonight, just outmuscle them up front, pound the rock, and it works, and they get a dub, bro, I would love that. I If Tyler Van Dyke doesn't have to throw a single pass tonight and Miami still wins the game, I will sleep great tonight. I won't sleep much tonight because I'm going to be so jacked up, but I will sleep great for like the two or three hours that I'm actually able to stay asleep. Dan White says, my key to the game is start fast and keep the hammer down. Starting fast, it's extra important in a game like this because the crowd is going to be so into it. 9 p.m. game, 102,000 people, the 12th man. Uh, they're also they're starving for a win because they're embarrassed about what happened last week. That crowd is going to be so into it tonight. The best way to shut them up is to score early touchdowns, take an early lead. That's how you get them quiet. OK, that's how you get them nervous. So, yes, I think it's very important to start fast. And then also, like if, if you start fast and, you know, this would be a lot better if Haynes King was starting tonight. I wish Jimbo hadn't made the switch. This would be a lot better if they had the guy who can't throw as well. But still. You start fast. If Texas A&M is chasing the game, a lot of passing situations, the pass rush can force mistakes. You know, you can be playing downhill, playing with the lead. Uh, you know, most every defense in football plays better with a lead. Miami's included. OK, so, yeah, starting fast would be would be fantastic. Mark Morgan says, stretch the field, use the tight ends and the wheel route, make their backers cover. You know, we hadn't even uh, we talked about it so much yesterday. We hadn't even mentioned yet on this episode that Miami's going to be without Xavier Restrepo, which is very unfortunate. But I think that's what Mark is talking about when he wants to see the tight ends getting more involved and the running backs more involved in the passing game. All hands on deck. Like there's not one player who's going to replace Xavier. Right. I mean, the guy who I think is going to replace him in the starting lineup is Brashard Smith, who I think can have an excellent game. I love Brashard. I love him a lot. I think he's a great receiver, and he's got different tools than X. He's more explosive. I think he can, you know, make some bigger plays than X can. But X is just, he's so fundamental, he's always open. Um, but it's, you know, it's not really one guy who's going to replace the production of Restrepo. It's going to be by committee. So, you know, I, I would venture to say that if you only get one catch for five yards from your tight end room this week like you had last week, you're probably not winning this game. Tight ends, especially Mallory and Arroyo, need to get more involved this week. I definitely think the running backs will be catching a lot of passes out of the backfield. That's something that Parrish and Knighton are both very good at. And the entire receiving core needs to step up. 
Uh, I definitely, I'm looking at Jacoby George. He's got to be hungry. Suspended for the first couple of games. Come out there and show us what you can do. Julian says, oh, this is good because I, I was asking you guys on Twitter, what is the key? What, what are the keys for Miami to win the game? And Julian says, if Miami wants to win this game, they should show up in Appalachian State uniforms. It's kind of funny. Was it funny? Maybe chuckle a little bit. Hayden says, talking about the wide receivers, he says, I think Michael Redding can make an impact. Yeah, Redding's been good the first two games. He has. And he caught a he caught a nice contested touchdown the first game. Uh, he's already like at least probably doubled his career catches from uh, you know, heading into heading into this season. I think he's already like gotten twice as many grabs as he did his entire career to this point. So yeah, I think I think Redding could definitely be key along with Keyshawn Smith, of course, who has been really good on special teams, caught a long touchdown last week. Uh, show favorite, Romello Brinson. There could be opportunities for him. And hopefully my guy, Colby Young, could get more involved because, you know, um, he, he's got the size to get some contested balls. I think the most important thing, though, in this game is going to be the receivers on the outside need to be creating separation. I think that's the big thing because uh, Texas A&M's got one of the better defensive secondaries in the country. So uh, creating separation, I think, is going to be really, really important today. Robert Lee Hutchinson says, I want to be optimistic. However, I just don't think we have the overall talent to pull it out. I'm just hoping for a competitive game, which comes down to someone winning it at the end. We have the coaching. But talent-wise, in comparison to Texas A&M, we don't. Not yet, he says. Uh, I agree with you on the talent. Like, if you just go depth chart versus depth chart, you know, and you go blue chip ratio, yeah, Texas A&M, they've got more blue chippers than Miami. They probably still, even though Miami's made some strides here, probably still have more size and strength at the line of scrimmage on both sides than Miami does. Um, but again, like, things like elite quarterback play, solid coaching and a great game plan, which I guess ties into solid coaching, that stuff can cancel out talent to a certain extent. Because obviously, if you look at the blue chip ratio between Texas A&M and Appalachian State, it's it's laughable. Like it's like, and Appalachian State pulled out the victory because they executed well. They had a great game plan. So Miami can absolutely win this football game. And I think as far as the talent goes, uh, Miami's closing the gap a little bit, um, and that that's going to happen a lot over the next couple of years because once you start stacking these top 10 recruiting classes that they're starting to put together, you know, within two or three years, Miami's roster is going to be competitive with any SEC roster out there, like e even the top teams, because I think that's how well they are going to recruit for the next few years. So they obviously – you're still playing with mostly – Manny Diaz and Mark Richt players, but uh, they're better coached than they have been the last couple of years. And you've added a lot of impact guys in the transfer portal. And some of these true freshmen like Wesley Besaint and, uh, and Nigel e. Kelly are already having an impact. And these are blue chip guys. So, you know, you're closing some of that talent gap. So yes, guys, it's going to be going to be going down just hours from now, college station, Texas, uh, I'm so happy you guys make your con make our content part of your day, whether you're in College Station right now or you're in South Florida or parts uh, unknown all over the world. Thank you so much. Make sure, you, make sure you subscribe to our channel. Subscribe to our podcast feed, the audio feed at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your pods. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. And if you're watching this on video, 
hit that thumbs up button and subscribe, my friends. So let's go. We got some canes over here. Whoosh, whoosh. We got some canes over here. Whoosh, whoosh. Let's get it done. It's all about the you. Good luck, Miami. We will have a post-game episode tomorrow right here on Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day.